For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Yo. You crank up the hype machine, crank it up, crank it up, crank it up. <laughs> it's that time of year. Crank up the hype machine. Yeah, buddy. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Uh, plenty to get to on this show. We're, uh, the hype machine, it's, it's been cranked up. We're, we're, we're going to uh, we're going to look inside the hype machine and see <laughs> and see what's going on. See, see, see what's in there, what, what the product is. Um, Nick Bosa, his girlfriend, had some interesting tweets that were revealed. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. Madden ratings are out. Uh, your favorite linebacker's favorite linebacker uh, is is maybe the cream of the crop, in case you haven't heard. So we'll get into that a little bit as well. Uh, as always, we want to encourage you to, to get involved in the show. We're located uh, wherever you find your podcasts. Go ahead, download, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, if there's a like button on your particular subscription service, go ahead and hit that like button. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at our Haylock. He's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on Instagram, I'm at Watch Ray Ray. He is at underscore Bump and Run. As always, we are presented by Bet Online. Um, b- busy week for the Lakers, Ed. Busy week for the Whoa. Lakers. All of a sudden, they're, they're the favorites. And uh, if you want to, you want to put some money on that. There's, they there's were always a favorite. <laughs> you want to put some money on it? Bet Online is the place for you to do it. They got odds. On on that, they got odds on who the rookie of the year in the NBA is going to be. Cade Cunningham right now is the favorite. He was the number one pick taken by uh, Detroit Lakers, obviously the favorite uh, to win the championship. Um, but go ahead to bet online. They got all your needs covered. So just all you got to do is visit the website or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to bet online and start playing today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Uh, he is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Um, so we let, let's let's just get straight to the hype machine first. Um, what do you want to do? You know, hype machine first. We get Bosa first. What do you do? I mean, we're producing here on the fly. What do you have a preference? Um, so flip a coin. Flip, flip a, a coin. coin. Yeah, I'm you, never good. Well, at well you know what? Why don't why don't we why don't we why don't we go so we can cheer things up later? Let's get let's get on Bosa right now. Let's All right, talk let's, about the the real life seriousness of that. Okay, let's get let's get on Bosa right now. All right, so Nick Bosa. Uh, Obviously, um, he, there were some tweets that were revealed uh, from his girlfriend. Um, these were tweets from the past. They were like rap lyrics that, you know, had like the N-word or, you know, she was just freely using the N-word, right? Um, and then there's also some homophobic slurs in, in some of those uh, tweets as well. Um, and so all this stuff uh, just kind of came out She and she sort of got exposed for it. Now... These these are Nick Bosa's girlfriend's tweets, not Nick's tweets, but it is his girlfriend, Ed. And so, um, well, here let, I, I know you, you you got a bunch to say on this, and I and I want to hear what you have to say as well. So I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna say my piece and then get out of the way. Um, couple things to me that that stick out about this whole situation. Um, I and this is I, not, by no means am I condoning what she did or what she said. But the whole, like, let's dig up tweets from, like, you know, five years ago, ten years ago, um, I, I just think that's a tired act. I think that's a played act. Um, and and I, I just never really been a fan of it, right? Just my own personal opinion, right? Like, you know, Kyler Murray had some tweets, and, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody out there was like, all right, we're going to dig up all these things. As soon as he wins the Heisman, we're going to release them. And then the next day, you know, he, he's got to – explain, you know, what those tweets meant, this, that, or the other, right? He was a high school yeah, kid, that happened. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I thank God there was no Twitter 
when I was in high school or college for that matter. Because the stuff I probably would have said or tweeted, my goodness. Like, you know what I mean? Like, back then, like, just no filter, lack of maturity, like, just all these things. There are probably so many things that, that, that would have been tweeted or I probably would have hit send on um, that were just foolish, in all honesty, right? Um, and, and that is... People get on their high horse and they act like they can't make and they act like they never made a mistake or they were never a kid before. They were never, you know, like they, they, they've just been perfect their whole lives. Right. And so you have the ultimate judges on Twitter, on Instagram, or on the social media platform. So I'll say that now that's not necessarily excusing Bosa's girlfriend for what she did, because one of the tweets was actually from last year in the whole George Floyd thing. And I and, I, and it's kind of hard to. I'm not really sure what to make of that particular tweet because I couldn't tell if she was being empathetic or she was being condescending, right? Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of, like, racial slurs, homophobic slurs, things of that nature, um, like, there's just no no, no room for that, right? And, and that same thing happened with Josh Hader, the Milwaukee Brewers pitcher, right? Very first All-Star Game appearance. As he's on the mound, someone dug up some old tweets he tweeted some old rap lyrics or whatever, you know, had the N-word in him, and this stuff is circling throughout the stadium as the All-Star game is going on. He's out there pitching, has no idea uh, what's going on. His family's sitting there in the stands. They're happy. They're proud of their child. In that moment, they had to turn their jerseys inside out um, because they started getting, you know, heckled, this, that, or the other. Um, and so, look, the tweets were egregious. Like, I'm – just gonna throw that out there, right? Um, like I'm not excusing her for her tweets. Um, my my issue with it is more so like the process of it, right? Um, but mm-hmm. but when we talk about her tweets, like her tweets, they were egregious, right? There's just no room for that, right? There's no room for racial slurs. There's no room for homophobic slurs. Now, as that relates to Nick Bosa, interesting, right? Um, because it's not Bosa's tweets, it's his girlfriend's tweets. So does that make mm-hmm. Bosa guilty by association? That's that's the discussion that we have to have. Yeah, that's where that's where the discussion lies. See, that's what happens when you you know the whole athlete brand guard thing that um, I think athlete brand guard thing the company that I'm a part of. That's that's something that we teach these guys that see, and that's a part of it. When you are the headline name as a professional athlete, um, you are guilty by association. You will because it, it's going to be led like you have said all of this. You have had this entire discussion. You've probably been talking about this for five plus minutes. You have not mentioned her name. The only name you have mentioned Nick is Nick Bosa's. That's what happened. So the whole guilt by association thing is a part of being an entertainer. It's a part of being an athlete. It's a part of his brand. Um, as much as we talk about Bosa, and we know baby Bosa is a bad boy on that football field, but we keep saying Nick Bosa's girlfriend. I couldn't tell you her name, but I'm just saying, yeah. I'm just saying, I, I, I don't know her name. I couldn't tell you her name, and no one is even trying to put all of that out there. So when you talk about how this is egregious and what she's done, and there's no room for it, but all of that's being thrown on Nick. Now, is there guilt by association? Yes, there is. Are these conversations that he need to have with people in his circle? Yes, he does. Is this how he truly feels? Is is if if those people are in his camp, um, the the next question is also going to be and um, and rightfully so. Is that a part of his thinking? Seeing that that's a part of your small intimate circle. All of these things are something that he has to straighten out. That he has to fix. And the most important part is as an organization. As a teammate, how do I feel about that? Because I think that's what you ultimately are getting at. How does that affect what he does in the locker room, on the field, as an organization, as the people writing his checks and paying his bills? How do you feel about these things? You know what football cares about? I'll tell you one thing it doesn't care about, your social views. Yeah, Unfortunately, yeah, I've, I've heard you mention that before. Like yeah. the, the the locker room is just a melting pot of so many different uh, uh, people from different backgrounds, ethnicities, yeah. views, I, things of that this, nature. Yeah, people may not like this what I'm about to say, but um, football doesn't. They don't care if you are a bigot. Football doesn't care. They don't care. 
Now, they, they can come on an individual basis. This is not someone that I'm going to go out and hang out and drink a beer with if I find out that you are that way. Now, these are questions because, because that's in your circle. I'm in that locker room. I will probably ask you how you feel about certain subjects. I will probably ask you how I, how you feel about things. Um, I'm not going to go to your girl and ask your girl anything. I'm not going to do that because that's, that's your space. That's your world. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to ask you uh, because you're the one that I know. You're the one that I deal with. How do you feel about these things? How do you, and these are questions I'm going to ask you as my teammate. I played and, and you were on the pod after the pod or before the pod. I've had conversations with you and I gave you the name of a particular player that I played with that I literally asked one day, how old were you when you went to your first lynching? Remember when I told you yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. He was so blatantly racist. He was so blatantly racist that it was it was it was so so apparent. And I and I don't like cancers in the room. So I just called him out on it. And we start having these discussions. And I start and I start pointing out the things that he was and how he was and, and some of his moves and some of his comments and and mannerisms and everything else. I, I don't have a problem having that conversation with him. And this was back in the 90s when I was having this conversation yeah. with the teammate. Um, and 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 yes, it made him uncomfortable. And, and you know, but we had these conversations because we still had to work together. So it was obvious that he hated me. It was obvious that he was neither here nor there with me. I, I you know, I've told you about love and hate. I'm, I'm not going to give you that. You, I'm not going to allow you. Strongest emotions are not love or hate. The strongest emotion out there is um, indifference. Yeah. Um, you know, love or hate, you can control my emotions. Indifference, you mean you're neither here nor there. Yeah. And that's how I felt towards him. It, it, it was insignificant. There was no reason for me to put energy into what he thought about me <laughs> one way or the other. You're, he was insignificant because I knew that his mindset as a human being. So with that, I knew his kids weren't going to play with mine. I knew we weren't going to have Thanksgiving dinner together. We were not going to drink a beer together. And this is how it just applies to both of them. Guess what? On game day, on Sundays, high five. Because I need you to do a job. Yeah. I don't have to like you. I don't have to like you. And um, I, I don't have to like you, nor is it my job as a human to fix you. That's a, that's a personal thing. Now, I can speak to the how I feel about your mindset. I can speak to um, what I believe in my heart to be true. I can speak to how I don't appreciate some of the things that may be in your camp or being said by you, but it's not my job to fix you. My job as your teammate is to do my job. My job as for as as a player for an organization is to do my job at the highest level. And my, the, all I can expect from you is to do yours at the highest level. I can't expect you to believe what I believe. I can't, I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't. That's, those aren't realistic expectations for, for me to look at another human being and say, you better see the world the way I see the world. Can't do that. And that's a locker room. And now, as you said, and you spoke on it earlier, the culture has gotten to a point now to where you know what I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna find whatever I can to blast people and I'm gonna try to find I'm gonna try to find the most opportune moment to blast these people. That's just a part of it. Um, some of the things people said, uh, you spoke on it. People grow. You got to give people the benefit of the doubt of that because if you put it on wax, okay, you can't say you didn't say it. I mean, it's on wax. You you said it. Now you can choose to explain why you said it. You can also explain the growth from that point that you may have had or lack thereof. Um, those are those are real issues and, and things that happen because we all know that, you, you know, there was a point where you didn't know that two plus two was four. Yeah. You, and someone could go back and say, you know what, in, at, in this year, at this point, this person didn't know two plus two was four. Do you believe that? Well, yeah, I do. Because people learn as they grow, as, as they age, as they experience, people learn. So the same thing applies when it comes to something like this. There's a possibility that the person has grown since that point. But full circle, all you hear is Nick Bosa. That's your camp. These are questions that came up when Nick Bosa first got drafted. These are questions that are coming up now. So as a person, I don't know Nick Bosa. Fans out there. I, you know, I'm sure very few of you have talked and understood and know Nick Bosa and, and 
hung, I've never hung out with Nick Bosa. I don't know anything about Nick Bosa. So I'm not going to judge Nick, Nick Bosa one way or the other uh, because I don't know him. All, and I just spoke on the experience of a teammate that I had. All I know is that as I got to know that teammate, as I got to know that he was real and I, and I got to know how he viewed me and people who look like me, okay, we have established where we stand on that aspect of life and in the social spectrum. And all I need from you is to play ball. I'm not trying to fix that. I'm not trying to make you change. I'm not trying to make you like, I'm not trying to change your world. I'm not, I'm going to speak to something to the ignorance that when, when I hear something ignorant, I'm going to tell you that's ignorant from my point of view, I'm going to call it out. I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to live with it because I don't have to, I'm a grown ass man. So what happens that next day or maybe even the same day right now with social media and everything like people see the tweets, right? This this comes out. What what happens when Nick Bosa walks into the room, into the locker room? That depends on that depends on his roommates. Does he have does he have does he have um, I mean, that depends on his teammates. Does he have teammates that are going to say, hey, what's up with this? Do you do you have teammates that are going to do that? Not and and the, the assumption is black. No, we've had all of those discussions. It got it has to go beyond that. Some 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 th- this is not going to get better until you have conversations with people that look like you. Yeah. <laughs> those are the, so so you you team that's why I say teammates. It doesn't matter the color of the skin, but do you have teammates that are going to say what's this about, bro? Cuz here we go again. And, and this is stuff we don't even need to be hearing. I, we don't need to be hearing it. So so what's what's the deal? So, so how do you feel about that? And, 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 and again, that's why, like I said, with the teammate that I had, I just had to ask him. I had to ask him because there were too many comments being made in the dark by this guy. Yeah. And he was, and he was making them to people who looked like him on the team, the other white guys that he thought had the same mindset that he had, and they didn't. And so the information was being leaked throughout the locker room. And it, so that's how things start to fester and divide a team. So it just, it just depends on how the, the guys in that locker room feel about it. How, does it, does it bother them? Does it matter? I, because I can't speak and say that, you know, guys in there are mad about it. Or guys that guys care about what his girlfriend says. So all about it, it's, 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 it's that locker room. And that's how it plays out. If he has guys in there that care about it, that is bothering them, if they speak to it, then there you go. But but that's that's the thing. I don't think it's on. I don't think that's on the the owner to come down and say something. I don't think it's. I don't think it's on the head coach to say something, because this isn't Nick Bosa, right? This isn't this isn't Nick. His name, but that's that's well, the well, aspect. But the, of it. I, no, this isn't Nick Bosa. But I guess the other part about this is. Like, remember Nick first came into the league, right? Like, he had some tweets, yeah. right? Like, he had the – I think there was a tweet he, he put out about Kaepernick, and there were some things that he had to apologize for uh-huh. when he first got uh-huh. drafted. And, and so it was like, okay, how's this guy going to be received in the locker room? Um, And, you know, all the – you know, his views, you know, being a Trump supporter, that, that, you know, this, that, or the other. And so there's there's this, this theme out there, you know, th- out there that um, – Nick Bosa just continue to show us who he really is, right? So, so to your to your point, yes, he is guilty by association, but it's even a little bit more than that in the sense that, like, that's not only it's not just necessarily him being guilty by association, but perhaps this is just who he is, right? Like, like, do you is, is there cre- perhaps? Yeah, I don't know. So perhaps, but and like I said, that those those are questions, but but. But what his girl—all I'm saying is that what so that's on his teammates. If they, that that's on his teammates to to see if they want this to fester. That's on his teammates to ask those questions. I'm saying that's not on the GM. That's not on the head coach. That's not on the owner of the team. Because at the end of the day, that's what is happening right now. Those immediate questions, yes, you ask. When those his his tweets, this is his circle. Yes, it's going to raise suspicion. Suspicion, but. I'm saying this isn't on the head. This is not Kyle Shanahan. It's not this Kyle. Is not it's not John. This is not. J- this is not on the, their the, plate. Yeah. Yes, because because Nick Bosa didn't do anything. This isn't Nick Bosa. So Nick Bosa didn't put out a tweet. Nick Bosa hadn't put out a statement. Nick Bosa hasn't said anything. Nick Bosa is not on camera 
um, doing any of these things. This is his girlfriend. His name is the headliner in that household. And so it's going to be put on him. So as a teammate and because of the history and his associations with these type of issues, I would ask, bruh. What's good? That's all, that's all, that's all y'all do in the, Bosa, in the Bosa house? Yeah. Like, what's up? Like, so, so that's what I'm saying. That's, that's up to him. And how it plays out is based on who he has as teammates. That's right, Summer. How, who he has <laughs> as teammates and how they want this to play out. That's, that's, that's what it is. How big of a conversation is this within their locker room? Um, because I, let me ask you this question. Has there ever been an NFL team? And, and of course, we don't know for certain. Actually, probably, yeah. But anyway, um, um, has there ever been an NFL championship football team um, with racist um, guys on the roster? Have it ever been one to win a championship with racist guys on the roster? What do you think? I, I, I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't, I can't say factually, but I, I would be. I'd be pretty naive to think that it's never happened. I tell you what, if bet on if bet online set the odds, <laughs> would you take would, would you play the under or the over wherever they said it? Huh? Would I, you take the, would I'd, you take the over? I I'd, I'd probably take the over. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I probably So that's so that's over. what I'm saying. So that's what I'm saying. This is this is life. This is life in every other aspect of everything that happens. Haven't I always told you? Football is it's just a microcosm of life. There's nothing that takes place in the real world. There are no real, when you talk about social issues, when you talk about financial issues, when you when you talk about um, marital issues, when you talk about mental health issues, everything happens within that locker room. So when we start talking, when you start talking about racist um, pro- probabilities and possibilities and, and family members and, and teammates as well and, and or- coaches and or- organizations and, and, you know, secretaries, GMs, every, that's, that's, that's someone's upbringing and their choices. Yeah. And you can't, and you, and you just have to deal with that just like you would on any other job, any other job. So at the end of the, like I say, you can ask it, you can do it, you can talk about it, but ultimately let's just say the guy says absolutely 100% not acceptable. I've already had a conversation with her. Okay. How do you feel? You accept that, and you go on and play, right? Yeah, I mean, you, now, you kind of okay. Yeah, you you have to, right? If he says this was absolutely unacceptable, I didn't know about it, man. I don't go back and check her tweets from 2014. Um, I had no idea, but once I saw this, yeah, I man, you know what? I stepped right to her and I told her we can't have that. We're that, that's that's done. It's like like I don't want anything like that. So he could say that, and then as a teammate, you'd be like, okay, cool, I accept it, dude. Cool. Now you know what? The flip side of that, he could say. Um, yeah, I knew she did that. She's got a right to say what she wants to say. She's got a right to feel the way she wants to feel. She's got a like, like, who are you, the Twitter police? She can do whatever the hell she wants to do. That's my girl. And on top of that, I don't need you telling me how I need to step to my girl. You need to take care of your own house, bro. Get yeah, out my backyard. That part. Now, 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 see, if he says that, then what do you do? You know what you do? You say, okay, and you go play football. So it doesn't change a thing. I need you to do your job. I can't change your house. I can't change who you hang with. I can't change who you associate with. I I, I can't. I I can't stop. I can't stop the, the bigot from making racist comments or feeling this the way about people of color. No different than I can make the teammate that loves to live in a strip club stop going to the strip club, or the one who likes going to church to stop going to church, or yeah. the one who likes country music to stop playing country music, the one who likes rap music to stop playing rap music. The one who doesn't want to read his playbook to, to I can't make him look at his playbook. You, you know what I'm saying? I can't I can't change any of those things. So all I all I expect from you is you to be committed to doing your job and showing me results. That's it. That's all I can do. And that's all that's all I really care about. So that's that's how I think a locker room handles this stuff. I, I mean, they're all big boys. And I think for the most part, they all understand what I just said. So, you know, so how, how it played out is just going to be based on the mindset of the guys and the personalities of the guys that are in that locker room. Um, because there are, there are great guys on team, leaders on team. 
Um, I played with all pro players that never said a thing because that's not what they do. That's not, that's not who they are. Yeah. That's, that's not who they are. Every, everybody can't play and talk. And there's this belief to be a good player, to be a leader, to be, to be, uh, you know, the pulse of a team or the, uh, the type guy that can lead men that you have to, you have to have this eloquent speaking and, and this motivational type um, personality. That's no, that's not true. Some dudes just come in and play and they're not going to say a thing. They'll watch things. They, they'll disagree with them. They'll agree with some, but you'll never know because all they're going to do is do their job. And then, um, because one of the main things is once you start talking to people, once you start calling people out, once you start saying that this is the standard, that becomes your floor. Yeah. Everybody is now watching you. Your teammates are watching you. The expectations and what is normal for you has now become extraordinary. That's your normal. It's like how we talk about Fred Warner and what he does, and then week in and week out. And that's why I was like, "What do I sell a time? That's what I expect. That's how, that's what that's how I, he that's played. What, yeah, that's what I expect. Like I'm not. No, I'm not shocked that Fred played well. He plays well. <laughs> he, that's what he does. That's who he is. I would be shocked if Fred played poorly. I'd be shocked if Kittle played poorly. I'd be shocked if Trent Williams played poorly. Them playing well and and de- destroying. Well, that's what you do. That, that's what I. That's what I base my game plan on. You doing those things, that's your floor. This is the same thing. It truly is. It's the exact same thing. Uh, interesting week, obviously, for girlfriends, spouses uh, in the Bay Area. <laughs> um, this thing happening with, with Bosa, then switching sports, Evander Kane's wife oh. for the, the San Jose Sharks. And she out, outs him for betting on games, on NHL games, and on his actual games. So, a uh, very very interesting uh, interesting week uh, in the Bay for for girlfriends and spouses. Um, this is the believe. Oh, wait, let me, let me, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Before uh, go, you get no no that. go, go you can, no you no you can say this is the believe in 49 on the believe podcast network. You can say all that. Well, you just said it, so you got it. we got okay. it. We co- we're covered. Oh, okay, okay, you can you can okay. So now that, now that we're covered and everyone knows, this is the believe in 49 podcast. Um, guys, don't bet on your own game. <laughs> you cannot bet no, on your own. That's, games. that's all. I'm, there's, there's no. I'm just gonna say that. Uh, there's no upside. There's no upside in betting on a game. Do you know? To this day, I have still never in my life bet on a sporting event. I've never bet on a sporting event. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you actually. I've, I've never. You no, know, the funny thing about I've never even had the desire to bet on a, on a, um, a sporting event. Yeah, no. The, clo- yeah, the closest I've come is. I was in Vegas, and a coworker of mine knew I was going to Vegas, so he wanted me to play. I don't know what it was. It was a parlay, or I don't know. I'm not even sure what it was, but um, he wanted me to place a bet for him, and he, I think he lost. So that was it. I mean, that's that's the closest. That's that, that that's the closest I came. But yeah, no, I've, I've never played oh, you know on a, a sporting event. Neither neither one of you were playing in that game, right? Correct. No, no, I was not playing in that game for sure. Neither, no, neither was he. <laughs> all right, okay, I, that's all I'm saying. So, so guys, if if you actually are going to be performing, don't bet on the game because there is no way of explaining it. Even if you say, "Well, I I bet on us to win," okay, okay, well, there's this guy, you know, that's going to be like, okay, you can you can win and not cover the spread. So did you? So did you bet? Did not cover the spread. Did you bet the under? Did you your own points and all of these type things? Like, yeah. okay, did you do just that? Those questions are gonna always come up. You cannot. I mean, these guys they want to bet. Of course, you can bet if you choose to make a bet. You're a grown man. I'm gonna say that, but you can't bet on your sport, and you yeah. damn sure can't, can't bet, bet on a game you're playing in. Yeah, that's that's just not a, that's not a good look. Um, that's I not mean, a good you, look you, at all. you have to look no further than Pete Rose, right? Um, I'm, I'm not. Does this generation even know Pete Rose? I mean, I, I would think, so. I would imagine so. I would hope so, but I don't um, know. Pete Rose was a great ball player. Pete, Pete Rose actually made a comment that um, sort of followed me. And helped me um, in my career. I, it, it was it was one of the things that kind of guided me. A comment that Pete Rose made. I'll tell you that later on. But it was it was something. It, it, so it was no seriously though. Ser- seriously. Well, you know, I you know because I know this isn't about baseball, but I can just I'll 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 say it at some other time. Well, after we get to the end, let's get back to what's happening. And if if you remind me if, if it's necessary, I'll throw it out there. Right. But it was it was actually it was actually something that kind of fueled me, and even to this day. I still use it 
uh, to keep going. And I thought it was it was it was just so true, and it registered with me at the time at the age I was at. The hit king dropping nuggets to my man Ed. Um, uh, also uh, apparently dropping dimes um, out in Santa Clara is, is, is Trey Lance. Uh, the hype uh-huh. machine is cranked up, Ed. I mean. Um, well, I guess the counter to that is if he if he wasn't playing well, if he didn't look good, right, then we wouldn't be hearing anything, right? So I, I guess there's something to the fact that you know he he's at least looking good in practice. But as as yeah. we mentioned, like this is practice. Like Niners haven't even gotten to their first preseason game yet. But I mean, it's like all of a sudden, like he's 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 the man. You know what I mean? Like I mean, he's. <laughs> All of it, like all of a sudden, like the, there's like a real competition going on now between he and says Jimmy everyone, and well, says everyone except the coach. Yeah, exactly, right. And so it's, it's. I mean, I guess we figured like this would happen, you know, at some point, right? I mean, if he if, if he had if he if he showed any type of success, you figured right. This is this is what happened. And and look, those those um ladies and gentlemen out there covering the team. I mean, like. Part of it is their job, right? I mean, like you, you as a beat writer, like, and I've I've talked about this before, you know, in my my time as a beat writer, like, you know, one 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 advice, some advice that someone gave me, you know, when I was I was just kind of starting out, is like, dude, you got to make this look like a soap opera. So like, part of it is like their <laughs> job, right? Like you, you, they have uh-huh. to, they have to sort of do that, and so hence here we are cranking up the hype machine, um. Obviously, it'll be tough to tell until we actually see Trey Lance in a real game. Um, but why? Why? Because I heard just a couple of days ago that he had the greatest throw, a crossbody jump throw, <laughs> tight spiral, um, rope. Um, it was the greatest in the history of football. In the history of football. I, I, that's that's the way it was presented. I'm like, people, come on! But but that's what I read. I, that it was that it was the absolute greatest throw that has ever happened um, at a 49ers practice, I'm assuming, but, (laughs) (laughs) but um, I've just, I've seen, I I played with a couple of the guys that were actually 49ers players that made a couple of pretty good throws in games that matter. Yeah. Of big, of huge importance. So, um, okay. All right. But back to it. But, but I would rather, as you said, we we point out that he is actually making some good plays and having good days and having success. And um, as opposed to not – because remember, back before they were going into camp and the things that were going to happen and all the things that were going to be, be, be said, and you asked me, you said, what if he comes out and he's looking really good in camp? Yeah, remember that, me? That's a real but, thing. That was a real question. Yes, yeah, that was a real question, and so I want to bring this back full circle. This was over a month ago when we had this discussion, and I said, always remember that practices are scripted. So I can script success for a player, for a receiver, for a running back, for a quarterback. I can script success, and all he has to do is the basic read that I want him to get that we've discussed, and I can set the defense so that his reads that I want him to see are there. I can do those things. And remember I said you do those things sometimes because you want to you want that quarterback to see the ball going to those windows. You want to you want him to be able to vision himself throwing that touchdown pass to the tight end, to the wide receiver, the check down to the fullback. You want you want him to make the proper play and see it and get it. Because, as I said, in this game, it's about doing it. You don't, It's not about going out on game day and saying, I need to do something different. It's just about doing it again. You've seen yourself do it, so the belief is there. What, hey, in ism, success comes from doing. Eric-isms. That's, that's it. That's it. Confidence. Success. I, yeah, and to it that comes point, like, it doesn't behoove Kyle or anyone to – put him in all these situations where he's just going to fail, 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 right? Right exactly. out the gate. Like, and that exactly. his confidence is shot. Um, by the way, I, I'm, I think I'm looking at this throw that you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. Greatest throw I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Except Donald did it. Except Donald did it in a game 
last year. Oh, so has Mahomes. Man. So like, has like, so has Brett Favre. So has I mean, John off Elway, balance, Steve Young, I mean the the camera Troy work Aikman. on this thing is just phenomenal. Uh, is, I I can't I can't. But in all honesty, though, um, yeah, I mean it, it it doesn't do anybody any any favors to, um. For him not to succeed, for him not to success, not to have Absolutely. any success, especially in this early part of camp, right? Like once they get to the game, there's really nothing that they can do about that, like in the preseason game, right? That becomes kind of a, a somewhat of a test, right? But in, as far as these practice situations go, I mean, obviously at a certain point, you're going to start cranking it up a little bit and putting him in some situations where, okay, like he's going to have to make some plays. But right here in the beginning, I mean, it's, we're we're – a week into camp now, right? Like, like who does it benefit if, if you're just setting him up for failure? Yeah, well, you're not. You're not going to do that. You're not. Uh, you're and, not going to do that. Two two reasons to know you're not going to do. It. Number one, he's your he's your number three pick. Okay, he's the quarterback of the future. He's your backup quarterback. He we, we all know he's going to be the backup. So you want him to envision success. And then the other aspect of it, you got an offensive head coach. So guess what? If the if the offense sucks, it's a bad day of practice. Yeah, that's just how it is. So you're you're going to stack you're you're going to stack the the deck against the defense. You're going to put defense in the toughest situation, the tougher situations. You're now because guys can still make plays, and as you get the veteran guys and the better players, they know when they're being set up for success, and they still make plays. And then they they also understand that okay, I can't make that play. Based on based on the defense you just called, the formation I have, and the play um, flow, I, I, I can't do that. I, I, I simply can't. And people listening, it, it's, it's as simple as this. If I'm in a defense where I'm told to be inside and underneath, I can't take care of something outside and over the and top. Over the top, yeah. So now for me to make that play, and can I make that play, and do I sometimes make that play, um, yes, it takes a Herculean effort. It takes a certain understanding, and that's how you have the all pros and all these guys that understand, even in those situations, that they have the physical ability to still make those plays. That's the special guys, and that's why that's why being a pro bowler and an all pro, it, it, it takes a whole lot of consistent play, and, and it's and it's hard to accomplish those things. That's why it's such a big deal, uh, because those are the guys that find ways to make those plays, but. Do I understand when I don't make that play? Um, do I lose all my confidence and get frustrated and all these things? Because no, I know I'm not in position to make that play. So if I'm in, if I'm in the red zone and you have me playing, you know, inside underneath, I want you to take away all of this inside stuff. I want you to jump everything really, and then they throw the ball outside and over the top and they make a play. Um, yeah, the crowd, everyone's in the stands, you know, clapping their hands and they're cheering, yay, woo, woo. But defensively, we all know, like, like you just set us up. Now, we'll say this. See, me and my crew, we used to get upset. And we'd be like, okay, we're going to shut up all this cheering today. <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Seriously. We, we used to be like, okay, we see what y'all doing. Like, okay. Enough. Right. So, so you, so you line us up, and the coach is like, hard inside, hard inside, and then you start running out routes, and and then it's like, come on, man, press me underneath, trail, trail. And then you throw in fade routes. Like, okay, after those first two, we're like, we know what you're doing. Guess what? We're about to, we're about to <laughs> shut all of this down. We're about to get all of y'all on offense cussed out today. So, so that's that's how it does. But you're gonna, you're going to make those adjustments to make the quarterback have success. You're going to script success for the quarterback, and it's it's important, it's necessary to for him to spin the ball and see it going where it's supposed to go. Um, Build on the things that you've told him. Yeah. Um, Mahomes 2.0. Uh, oh, stop it. Why why do we do this? Like seriously, why do yes. we do this? Why yes. why do we do this? Come on, do you, man. Do you know why? I have no I, like I, I the the comparisons. I I don't I really don't I mean I get like I'm talking to a scouting buddy of mine. Um, he was saying that you kind of do the 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 you kind of have to make the comparison so you can give someone uh, yes. uh, give yeah. give the fans a reference point into who this player is or what type of player this is or or what what his his potential I guess could be right. Uh -huh. um, and, and so uh -huh. that's kind of the reason why, at his company, why they why they necessarily do it that way. Um, I, I've just never really been a fan of comparisons. In all honesty, um, like, 
I'm, well, I probably sound yeah, like well, real sour on this pod today. Like I'm not a fan of this, not a fan of that, not a fan. <laughs> I'm just not a fan. Well, well, you know, you you said it yourself. It's a part of building the soap opera. I, I get it. And because um, everything is seen now, the social media scene, you have everyone is showing highlights of all these guys, and it's always the it's always the the top ten play. So everyone sees that. So let's let that's the hype thing, and that's getting people's attention, and it gets the clicks, and it gets the views. So let's compare this player. We got to do something. We got to keep the hype going because this is the next generation. We got to keep the hype going, and I need to get some stories on these guys. So let's compare him to this player. And anything that we see him do, let's compare him to this particular player. It makes it – you're right. It makes it easier for people to identify with who this person is and who he can potentially be. The expectation. Puts a lot of pressure on guys because it's, it's like I said, it's not fair. It, it's like when, I, and I feel bad doing it. it it's like when um, McCaffrey came out. When when McCaffrey um, was coming out, and someone asked me about him, and I started off by saying this is not fair because someone asked me who would I compare him to, and I said this isn't fair. Um, I, and I said I'm this isn't fair to this guy because uh, of who I'm about to use because this dude was better than almost everybody else. And, and I said, and it wasn't fair to the guy who came out that I'm about to compare him to because I was asked this same question at his draft. Um, Cause I was doing this draft for, for ESPN and they asked me about it, but it was I, McCaffrey. I said, Ladanian. I said, he's the closest thing I've seen to Ladanian in quite some time. I said, just, just what he's capable of doing between the tackles, the way he can run the ball, the strength he's going to put on defense. And I said, He's the closest one um, I, I've seen to him. And then I've switched it on that, and I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. I said the wrong name. I said, I meant Marshall. Um, and they were like, oh. And I was like, yeah. I, I, I said, he's. I said this kid reminds me of Marshall Ball. And, and, and they were doing it. And I was like, see, those two names, I threw with his name. I was like, that's not fair. Yeah. I was like, it's not fair. I said, because I said he can be really, really good and not be that good. Yeah. So, but that, but that's what that's what you that's what you you do. And Ladanian, I was even worse than because Ladanian came out. I I I, I was like, and and I thought it was true. I still think it was true. He was the closest thing I ever saw to Barry Sanders. And Barry Sanders, I I, I didn't play against Jim Brown, who everyone universally we all give Jim Brown the nod. I mean, JB is the Godfather, and and that's how we all feel in the football world. I never played against him. I played against Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders is the best football player, best running back I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he, Barry Sanders is the absolute best running back I have ever seen in a pair of football cleats, period. At any level, at any time, in any game, in any era, he's, he is the absolute best running back I've ever seen. But that's a whole different thing. So the comparison and 2.0, that's, like, can, can the dude get to first team first? Before we make him Patrick Mahomes, I mean, can he play a so, preseason game first? Yeah, some of them, some of them, some of the comparisons are ridiculous. I know you have to have to look at it, but I'm like, like I'm, I'm with Mahomes. you. It's com- it's completely unfair. It's it's completely unfair to. I never thought about what you what, what you said in terms of. To me, it's unfair to the player. But I never thought it's uh, it's unfair to the player you're actually comparing him to like like a LT or like a Barry Sanders right cuz they like they've accomplished so much right they've done so many things whatever right so yes. it's, it's i never thought about it being unfair to them but in, in in a sense it is unfair to them as well but definitely unfair to the player because now you put this this ceiling on them right and and if if they don't reach that ceiling then it's like oh like well, this guy. well, well, no, 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 no. You didn't put a ceiling on them. You put a floor on them. Are you okay? Well, you put a floor on them. Yeah, and yeah it, but it's like that, if, that, if they don't yeah. reach that, but if they, if they don't get to that potential, yes. then uh-huh. it's like, oh, well, like, what, what did this guy even do? Yeah. You know? Yeah, because he's he's supposed to be at least as good as Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Uh, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That that's your floor. So so you're you're you come in here saying that his floor is Patrick Mahomes. But now you also say that Patrick Mahomes is doing some all-time never achieved things we've thing. never seen, right? Yeah. So, so this guy is supposed to be as good as at least an all-time as good great. As, yeah. Yeah. At, at least as good as a guy who's doing things that at a rate that no one has ever accomplished. And we expect this guy to be at minimum, at bare minimum a clone of him. 
So that's what I'm saying. That, that those type of comparisons right there to me, they just they don't make sense. It's, it's ridiculous to do that. You can see it, but it's it's easy, lazy work for the people writing the story. It's it's much easier as opposed to me actually studying this person, paying attention to what this person does, talking about his physical attributes, talking about the things that he's done from an understanding of what he's being asked to do. It's real easy to say, wow, he just made the greatest throw in the world. The only person who makes that throw is Patrick, Patrick Holmes. Holmes yeah. That's lazy. That's lazy, but that's what that's but that's what everyone does. So everyone's going to continue to do it because it gets clicks and views. That's so that's that's how it is. So let's just play. Let's just play and just understand. And that's why it's like we try to explain to these people: good play, good play at practice for an offensive side of the ball for a quarterback. Don't feel. What did I say? If they're throwing, um, even when they were charting these guys were three for three during OTAs what did I say don't worry about quarterbacks making plays now if they're consistently not making plays then you should be worried yeah because because the team is going to script success for its quarterbacks first team second team third team they're going to script success they want these guys to see the plays work because they need them to believe that the play is going to work so, so they're going to script everything defensively so that the backer bites where they want them to bite and that the end goes underneath on the, on the um, read option so that he can do all the things. They're going to script success. If teams consistently have poor play at the quarterback position, you worry. You don't worry on the three-interception day. You don't worry on the five-interception day because you know what happened? What happens on those days? They actually have days where they're like, okay, we're going to make it fair on the defense. Yeah. And we're just going to, we're going to put them in the type coverage that they would actually be in if they saw this. So if they come out in this formation and all this stuff, we're going to make it tough on the offense. Okay. So now let's see. And you know what happens when you have, when you have a, when you have a Jimmy Ward and you have a Jason Verrett and you have a Fred Warner uh, you know, when you have guys like they're going to make plays in space because because they're going to line up against guys and just be better on particular plays. So that's when you get the interceptions. And you get the plays when they put them in situations where it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so so it, it, so you don't freak out on those days either. It doesn't mean, oh, my God, this dude's horrible. It's like, nope, they actually they actually play. Let them play football and the defense won. Yeah. yeah, and someone else benefiting from this, benefiting from both quarterbacks. Actually, uh, newly acquired Trent Sherfield. Um, been reading his name a lot out out there in camp. Uh, him catching some balls, mainly a special teams guy. Uh, you know, for his career, but um, mm-hmm. you know, making making some catches out there. So yeah, as, as we we shall see. Um, this is the Believe in Forty Nineers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Before we get out of here, uh, Madden, Madden ratings. Uh, your favorite linebacker's favorite linebacker uh, was listed as the top quarterback on the video game this year. Uh, Fred Warner, number one uh, overall in terms of linebackers. He's a 94 overall. Uh, I'll just give you the top 10. Uh Warner, number one, 94 overall. Levante David, 93 overall. Bobby Wagner, 92 overall. Demario Davis, it's a guy you, you talk about a lot, ED. Uh, he's number yeah, he 91 play. overall. Eric Kendricks rounds out the top five at, at a 90 yep. overall. And then you got Darius Leonard as an 89. Rokon Smith, 88. Good. Dante Hightower, 87. Miles Jack, 86. And Deion Jones, 86. Uh, Leonard, I, I was a little surprised by that. I thought that was a little bit low for him. And then... um. Our other guy, uh, sort of missing from here, um, uh, down there in Tampa, uh, Devin White. Uh, surprised he didn't he didn't make this cut. Um, but yeah, those are your those are your top ten linebackers on Madden NFL twenty two, and Fred Warner uh, enters the season number one as a ninety four overall. Uh, Got it. Yeah. So there you go. Got it. And, and yeah, there you go. And remember, people, it's a video game. Yeah, it it is a video game. Um, it's a video game. I, I don't, it's amazing to me how people freak out about that. And 
Oh, and, it's like a, it's become game. it's become a huge deal now. Uh, yeah. I, well, that 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 my friend is marketing. That's incredible marketing by the, by the NFL and Madden and EA Sports and all of that marketing. I do the monster's gonna make his money. The NFL is is an incredible money making machine. Yeah. Um, because that's that's all marketing. They they have people now that will literally argue, um, about a video game and the and the ratings of the video game. Yeah. It's incredible and, and then they even incredible. do it now now it's i mean the technology is so and with you know the internet and everything um it's it's at such now is where like you know you start there but like you know there's elevation throughout the season right like guys can go up or down throughout yeah. the season based on their performance and based on uh you know some of the madden experts that go out there and, and sort of watch these games in in person um so that that that's pretty interesting um yeah, so uh, uh, it's it's training camp, and um, yeah, I mean you're you're gonna continue to hear the hype machine sooner or later. Uh, they'll be playing some games, just three preseason the games. Real yeah, just yep. three preseason games this season. Um, because the 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 regular season, uh, has been extended, of course. Um, there'll be two preseason games two years from now, people, and there'll be eighteen games. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. No, it's coming. Yeah, it's I, coming. I, I, I believe you. I believe you. Um, Chiefs Teams at 40... play 18 games every year. Okay, keep going. As we as we record this, Niners are 10 days away from their first preseason game. That would be at home against the Chiefs. Um, and so uh, that would be August 14th, uh, 5.30 p.m. So – yeah, there's that. So a little, little bit away, about about a little more than a week away from the first preseason game, we can really start talking about some stuff and seeing, seeing what we're seeing, uh, seeing seeing what Trey can do, you know, in an actual game setting, a game game environment, um, so to speak. Um, make sure you continue to download, subscribe, rate, and review. We're located wherever you find your podcast. Uh, you can hit us up on social media. I'm at R Haylock. He is at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on the old Instagram, I'm at Watch Ray Ray. He is at underscore bump and run. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We're presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.